You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. trying to get my computer to come on here. Wouldn't that be awesome if I got to do all this from memory? Yeah. yeah. So while I'm waiting, quick question. Uh, who here has uh, met our cat? Anybody? No hands? No one? No one? Has, see, I got people saying, I didn't even know you had a cat. Seri- well, yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, like most cats, it, it will actually clean itself, you know? It does this. It will actually groom its fingernails. Um, she will come, not come based on whether she wants to or not. Uh, She'll eat the food that we give sometimes, sometimes not. And sometimes just kind of slink away like it's in trouble. Uh, It is a dog, actually. We do have a dog. But it acts like a cat. It does. And I think some of you have met Bingley or Bing or Bingers or Wingnut or any of the other funny names we've given this crazy dog. But what's kind of funny, though, is the other morning. So we, we have this tradition. Every morning, get together. So Ro is teaching at like hours that most people should not be up at teaching. So bless you for that. And uh, I'm usually the next one up. And so, you know, after doing all my morning routine stuff, I'll get the dog, let the dog out. We come in, she gets her scratches and then she comes and gets her food and then she'll go back and hide in the laundry room, which is her room. This is her morning routine almost every morning. There are some weird mornings though, like this past week. I come to get her, I let her out. She goes right back in, but slinks in looking at me like she's scared. Goes right back into the laundry room. I have to coax her out. Come out. Come on, Bingley, come on out. Come on out. She comes out. She gets her scratches, but then right back in and then wouldn't eat. And I was like, stupid dog, cat, dog, cat thing, whatever you are. And God's like, you know, this is kind of like people sometimes. You know, we'll recognize his presence when we want to, sometimes tentative at best. Sometimes we come when we're called. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we'll eat the food that he's given, and, and, uh, or, or not eat the food he's given, but we'll eat other food that's actually not for us. You know, like, hello, Adam and Eve, right? You know, we'll, we'll do these weird things. And it's, it's funny, you know? It's, um, we even try to clean ourselves. Has ever noticed that? Yeah. We even tried to groom ourselves. Clearly did not work out well for me. Sorry. Uh, sorry you guys have to, to look at this. Those on the podcast, you are safe. So very cool. Um, but it's such a weird Old Testament, Old Covenant view of God right? To, to act in this weird state of, of fear or just you know, not really understanding, like, how should I engage this person? Should it be the same all the time? And, and it, it blows my mind, like, yeah, hopefully you guys are on a Bible reading plan. Yeah, if not, get on one. It's really cool. You get to go through the Bible at least a year. It's amazing. Uh, some crazy stuff in there, too. And in fact, like, where I'm at right now, I'm reading about, like, you know, if you do this or that, you're, like, ceremonial unclean until, like, sundown. Okay, that would suck, right? Who, who wins that? Um, so the funny thing is I'm actually not here to talk about my dog or my cat or my dog or my cat or whatever that thing is. I am here to talk about prayer. Yeah, okay, a few of you are like, yay. The rest of you are like, oh God, something else I have to do. Another box to check, ugh. Or you've been to one of those like prayer meetings that I've heard even people from stage, even ministry leaders bash. Um, crazy to me that, that sometimes this view of prayer exists but some of you are like, well, I like prayer sometimes. I, I kind of vacillate between the, you know, the ecstatic and then sometimes it's just really banal. But is it? Should it be? You know, what if you were to make your life a prayer? 
then it couldn't be interrupted. So guys, could you throw up scripture here? So this one is uh, kind of been blowing my mind this year. So uh, First Thessalonians, and I say this every time, but if you're a VeggieTales fan, it's Thessalopians. But the uh, First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 21, uh, I'm going to read from Passion Translation on this one. Let joy be your continual feast. Mm, stop there. Soak that in. Let joy be your continual feast. Mm. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Never restrain or put out the fire of Holy Spirit. Mm. Don't be one who scorns prophecies. And we're doing prophetic stuff at the end today. But be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test and afterward hold tightly to what was proven to be right. Yeah, we could talk on this for days, but I want to focus on that one part about making your life a prayer. King James Version, you know, the, the quote-unquote authorized version. Joe's excited. I, I have learned unofficially that this is the version Paul used in, in the Bible. Which, thanks for that, Joe. Um, yeah, but pray without It seems like a hard thing to do, Right? To pray without ceasing. Why? Why does it seem like a hard thing? I really want to spend some time today just kind of breaking this down, kind of talking a little bit about it because, you know, he wants to spend time with you. In fact, he is spending time with you right now in you, around you, whether you're acknowledging it or not. And I love what Andrew said earlier. It is simply a breath away. That's all it is. Just a, ah, there you are, Lord. And acknowledging what's there. So when your life becomes a prayer, the prayer is uninterrupted. I know this, this concept is probably still a little bit vague. We're going to get into it, and we're going to uh, dive a little bit deep here. But I want to make a very important point up front, and we're going to unpack it. You, when your life is a prayer, is uninterrupted. It is no longer something you do. It is something you are. Let me say that one more time. It is no longer something you do. It is something you are. It sounds simple. Um, you guys know who Banning Liebscher is? He's, I don't know what his title is, president or director or intergalactic commander or something, I don't know, of Jesus culture, not the, the musician portion that's part of it, but he heads up all of that ministry. And I heard him say at a conference once, he said, you know, there are so many choices out there, myriad choices with technology and everything else. And when you make a decision for anything, especially for Jesus, how much more powerful is that decision? Because you made a choice for him amidst all these other things. You said no to all of that for this, Right. And what's beautiful is this decision, it kind of builds, it kind of grows. And, and all throughout Scripture, we see God saying, make a choice. I think we all know that we have free will, right? How many of us are going like, man, I really, God would just, I wish he would just tell me what to do. Should I get the mail now? Should I wear this shirt? Oh, eggs or bacon today? Both. I mean, you, you, it's really cool. You get to make some pretty awesome decisions. And, you know, what I've learned over time, guys, is as you're spending time with the Lord, this is the, the beautiful time where you, you get to learn what he wants. And it's more often than not, not what you expect. It's him. It's not directions, per se. Yes, there are times you're going to get directions. Yes, we've had directions downloaded to our family about a blueprint for our family and what it should look like and how these things should operate. But... More often than not, it's like, hey, I'm interviewing for jobs. God's like, cool, pick either one. I'm with you. It doesn't matter. You don't, you're going to make an impact too. You know, I don't care. Pick where do you want to be? What do you want to do? Do you want to be married? Not married. 
Do you want to work at this job or that job? Do you want to be a teacher or whatever? Yeah, there are some things you can't do, right? Like I'm not going to be an NBA player, right? I know, sorry. Um, I know some of you are really disappointed right now. Uh, Well, you probably just need something to laugh at. But um, yeah, so there are some natural things maybe that's not going to happen. And a, a really funny story. Can I share the growing up story? I'm going to share the growing up story. So you know how like every like kindergarten, pre-K kid, they come to school and the teachers are always like, what do you want to be when you grow up? First of all, I think that's really a wrong question. Maybe like, you know, what problems do you want to solve? Or how do you want to make an impact? Or what do you, what do you like to do that, that you would be passionate about and you could share with other people? But what do you want to be? And I had spent the summer traveling with my mom and grandmother and sister. And, you know, we were all over the place. One of the places we stopped was the Cherokee Reservation in South Carolina. So no joke, I come back to school and I'm like, I want to be an Indian, straight up, man. That's cool. And uh, she didn't find that as funny as, as y'all do. But uh, I was kind of crushed. I wanted to be one. Um, but it's amazing because you have choices, right? So we're going to go old school here. We're going to go Deuteronomy 30, 19 to 20. We're going to read from the NLT. Yeah, you know me. Um <laughs> So, you know what's great, guys? Hopefully, you're not reading one, one version of Scripture. Hopefully, you're looking at a lot. I mean, I probably vacillate between, I don't know, five, six, seven different versions because I want to hear what God's saying. I mean, Andrew's like way far advanced for me. He's got a book that's got like 21 versions, thanks to Jocelyn. She gave him this like Bible with 21 versions in it. I mean, how awesome is that? Each one says things just like a hint differently. But if it's a multifaceted God, don't you want to see all the different ways that he's being viewed and the glory that comes from that, right? So we're going to read from NLT. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Pause. A lot of other versions as I was reading this actually say, I have, uh, now I call on heaven and earth to witness against you. Um, This one's a little bit softer in that, but just to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. Wow. Is Joe Alvarez here today? I don't know if he's here today. Uh, he sent a scripture to the, the pastoral team last week, and I just I loved the way it unpacked. Uh, this one's from the Amplified. I want to kind of lay this out because it actually explains choices. But Jeremiah fifteen nineteen, in the Amplified. And this is God talking to the prophet Jeremiah. Therefore, thus says the Lord, got to love a thus to Jeremiah. If you repent and give up this mistaken attitude of despair and self-pity, ooh, dude just got called out. Wow, that's like a spiritual smack across the face. But if you give up this mistaken attitude of self-pity, then I will restore you to a state of inner peace. Lacking peace, give up the... Mistaken attitude. In other words, repent. We, we talk about this at least every other week, if not every week. Changing your mind, right? Going back to the high place. So give up that mistaken attitude, and then I will restore to you a state of inner peace. We all want that. So that you may stand before me as my obedient representative. And if you separate the precious from the worthless. Guys, take a deep breath on this one. You ready for this? If you separate the precious from the worthless examining yourself and cleansing your heart from, ready? Unwarranted doubt concerning my faithfulness. What? Mm. Examine yourself and cleanse your heart from unwarranted doubt concerning my faithfulness. 
We know Jesus is faithful and true. But, you know, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, you know, and the poor guy, I mean, every, nobody believed what he had to say. They stuck him in a ditch. It was, it was pretty awful. But um, I just, I love that. You know, he flat out calls Jeremiah out saying, get rid of this mistaken attitude and cleanse from your heart unwarranted doubt concerning my faithfulness. Then you will become my spokesman. Let the people turn to you, and this is amazing, and learn to value my values. Yeah. Okay, Jay, that's, uh, that's a lot of Old Testament here. Okay, well, let's, let's jump over to Philippians 4.8. Hopefully you guys are on your phones. I don't hear any pages rumbling, so get your iPhones out. Get your iPads. Hopefully you're not a droid person. We will have deliverance later. If, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, Philippians 4.8, and we'll read this one from the Passion Translation. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. So when Andrew was talking earlier about like, hey, perfect love casts out all fear. And we've not been given a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of love, power, and of a sound mind. If you're thinking on these things, how can fear even creep in? If you're thinking about what is honorable and admirable, authentic and real, beautiful, respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, the great works are the glorious works of God. Right? Does that make sense? So I want to define prayer in its basic sense. It's just having a conversation with God. It's acknowledging his presence. That's it. That hard? No. Right? So... When you're thinking about, okay, the, just the, the presence of God, I'm acknowledging that. It's here. I, oh, thank you, Lord, for that. Bill Johnson put it this way. You guys know the, hopefully you've heard the story of practicing the presence. He did like a 25, 30-year experiment. Can you imagine doing a 25 or 30-year experiment? But he would go out and he would practice the presence by just picturing Holy Spirit as a dove on his shoulder. Actually, I don't know whether it was the right or the left shoulder, but we'll just go on. So he did this, and he'd go to every store and restaurant with that in mind. And he'd ask people, like, you know, as, as he'd minister and, and talk later back at, at church, well, how do you move? Well, you do everything that you do. You do it with the dove in mind. So he would go release presents up and down the aisles. Jokingly said he's like a rainbow sprinkler. You know, kind of cover the whole area. It's like, I don't know if it's doing anything, but he learned how to practice the presence. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, all throughout the scripture, we see from Genesis to Revelation, people getting together to pray. We see people getting alone to pray. Jesus did. You know, we see examples of people encountering God or his angels just enjoying the presence. But here's, again, the key. The choice isn't this over that. The choice is turning everything into including God with it. Again, does that make sense? Not this or that. So here's the best example I can give you. And um, it's a funny one. I think you'll, you'll probably relate to this. Do you guys know any kind of like new either vegans or CrossFit people? Yes. You've, you've come across them, okay? So, and, and this is not a knock on them, but they are living something that is so fascinating to me as it relates to this. They have stumbled upon something for themselves, okay, where this new either exercise or diet has literally changed their life, turned it upside down, it permeates everything. They cannot shut up about it. They can't stop. But every area of their life has been affected, Unfortunately, so has every area of our life been affected too. But that's a good example of what happens when something like that, and, and let's take prayer, becomes what you do. 
It is now who you are, okay? So, you know, people wonder, like, why, why do you get excited about prayer? Well, you know, is anybody, let me ask this, you don't have to raise a hand, but are you excited? When I say that, are you excited? I want you to kind of check your insides and then be thinking about that. So the first thing I want to share with you about why I'm excited about prayer, I'm speaking with the creator of the universe one-on-one. Top that, right? Yeah, what happened on the Masked Singer last night? I don't care. I get to talk with the creator of the universe in a one-on-one. He's sharing his plans with me. He's telling me why he likes me. He's telling me why he likes you. Yeah, did you know that? Do you know that he likes you? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I love it. In fact, um, you know, he shares a lot of really cool things. One of my favorite stories, I love to collect stories of people and how God's interacted their lives. And one of the ones I heard early on in my walk was from Kenneth Copeland. And he was at Oral Roberts University, kind of coming up, just still a student. He's sitting on the stairs. So you can kind of picture him maybe sitting on the stairs. And Oral's actually ministering. And there's a line of people waiting to get prayer. And you know what happened? God suddenly opened his eyes and he got to see their spirit man on the inside. And the revelation that he had was, they look emaciated. These people are not fed well. They don't know how to eat. They don't know how to consume God's word or his, his, uh, his spirit. And that helped launch his ministry. God opened his eyes for that. I've had people pray that over me and prophesy that. I can't wait for that to actually happen. Pretty excited about that. Prayer builds expectancy. Why? Well, this is an invitation into the supernatural we say we're a supernatural church, right? Right? Yeah, anybody here like to walk in that stuff? Yeah, tongue-talking, fire-breathing, you know, come on, yeah, we got glory on me, right? Well, when you're in a supernatural lifestyle, if you will, God will start to use you in some really cool ways. Who here has been woken up at night to pray? Oh, look at the hands go up. I love it. First time that actually happened, it was the craziest thing. I wake up, I can't go back to sleep. I just said, oh, hey, maybe I'll ask God. Lord, what's going on? Is there somebody you want me to pray for? And no joke, I suddenly get a picture of a left leg. It is all blue and swollen. I have no idea who it was, where they were, what had happened. That's all I got was the picture. So I started to pray. I don't even know if it was a man or a woman. I have no idea. So I prayed, probably 10, 15 minutes. And then peace just came over me. And I was like, oh, all right, Lord, was that it? And suddenly I was really tired. and went straight back to bed. That was it. Woken up to do that. Uh, physical words of knowledge. Who's had those? What I say that is like suddenly you feel an ailment or something. And so this is, I don't know, a while ago, but there's a, a hallway. If you could picture two doors here and two doors here to kind of cross that hallway. And I'm walking this way and then all of a sudden my right knee almost gave out and I've never experienced pain like that before in my legs like ever. I was like, oh my gosh, like what just happened? And I saw in the glint of my eye after the side, somebody walked by. And I was like, wait. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's Toya. Knees hurting. Go ask her if she wants prayer. So I'm like, all right. Went back, went back into the kitchen. I'm like, hey, Toya, is your knee hurting you by any chance? She's like, yeah, how did you know? I said, hey, would you mind if I prayed with you real quick here? Just kind of get that thing healed. How cool is that? Right? Now you're probably thinking like, I'm not sure I want the pain. I mean, it went away, but it gave me an assignment right away. It's pretty awesome. Um, Some people are like, I don't want to go out. I'm afraid to go out and talk to people. My kids know if we go anywhere, we're going shopping, a restaurant, somebody's going to get blessed. But God actually sends them to my house. That's right. You can be a lazy person. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Hopefully I'm I'm not lazy. But what's really neat is he will actually send them. 
when we first moved into the house that we're in now, a rental, uh, we had some stuff that needed to be repaired. And the repairman came, big dude, when he picked me up and gave me a bear hug, it's like, I can't breathe. You know, that, he was that big. And um, he's, you could tell he's filled with the glory. And I'm like, you're a believer, right? Yeah, I am. I said, hey, you know what? Um, I had a prayer. I'm really big into that. Do you need prayer for anything? And he's like, yeah, my daughter, she's, she's battling cancer right now. I'm like, that, dude, what's her name? Well, her name is the same as our second daughter's middle name. So, yeah. So it was neat. I'm like, dude, Charles, this, this means something. God has sent you. We're going to pray right now. And we did. And he was in tears and hugged me again. And I couldn't breathe. And, you know, six months later when we needed something else, came back. I'm like, dude, how's your daughter? She's healed. Come on, right? And I'm not saying that's me. I'm just saying I had a part in that. Who knows how many people prayed, but it built his faith. And she got healed. And that is awesome. Right? Had a guy in Ohio come to our house delivering our pizza. And I could tell something was wrong when he handed it over. I'm like, dude, what's up with your arm? He's like, oh, it's really hurt. He explained what was going on. I said, can we just pray for that right now? He'll kind of you know, give you the, the head cock. Like, huh? So look, I believe in Jesus. I believe he heals. Would you like to get that thing taken care of right now? Yeah. He got healed on my doorstep right there, delivering a pizza. And he got a good tip. Please, as a Christian, tip well. Okay? Yeah. None, you know, most restaurant people, I don't know if I hear this much anymore, but like 10 years ago, they hated Sundays for tipping because Christians didn't tip well. Uh, no, tip well. Bless them, right? As you give, give back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. So come on, tip well. Um, had a guy just a couple weeks ago, the same day that uh, Kobe Bryant had died, Okay, so just kind of picture whenever that happened. But a few days later, this guy shows up. He's trying to sell magazines or something weird. I, I don't know what he's trying to sell. He's trying so hard to look put together, just kind of disheveled, but he was trying really hard. I said, look, I'm really not interested in buying anything. Let me just sew into your organization. You know, here you go. I said, but let me ask you this. Are you a believer? He said, yeah. Well, I am too, and uh, I, I'm an associate pastor. I would love to help pray you know, for anything that you need. Do you need prayer for anything? And it was interesting because he gave me this look. And this look was like, can I trust this man with my heart? And he took about five, 10 seconds. And he said, yeah. The same day that Kobe died, it was a, kind of a rough day. He had had a family member shoot another one like 14 or 17 years prior. And every year that day is kind of hard. And it was just kind of exacerbated by the fact that, you know, Kobe had died that day. And um, so we prayed and you could see the peace come on him and the countenance change. How cool that God would send people to your house. Just keep an eye open. This is what happens when you're working with God to do stuff. It builds expectancy. You know, and again, you're, 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 when you're co-laboring with him, right? It, oh, it's so amazing. Sean Bowles said this um, just the other day. You guys know who Sean Bowles is? His up Expression 58 in California. Kind of came up through streams with John Paul and some other ones. But he said, uh, so many of us just want to hear from God audibly that we end up doing things for him instead of with him. Ooh. Yeah, I would rather be the latter. I would rather do them with him than for him. That's what the angels are for. We're different. Okay? So if you look at kind of formal history, um, and by the way, I'm going to, hold on a second. It's not from the virus. Started to get welled up just talking about that guy. Uh, but I am HS positive, if you guys don't know that. <laughs> Holy Spirit positive. And I will infect you if you want it to. Um, so um, if you look at formal history, 
I dare you to take one of these. Just go look one, go research this and see what's going on. Count Zinzendorf with the Moravians in the early 1700s, they had a hundred year nonstop prayer meeting and then had such boldness. You know what they did? They sold themselves into slavery to go spread the gospel. That's pretty bold. The Great Awakening taking place in the colonies, the whole circuit riders thing. Oh, it's so cool. The Cambridge Revival in Kentucky in the very early 1800s. Again, prayer meeting, revival breaks out. I don't know, there's something kind of connected there. And what's really fabulous about that is this is the early 1800s. There were people who had fits of laughter for hours and days, could not stop. People were levitating, uh huh, off the ground levitating, right? The glory of God was so thick, no one knew how to explain this stuff. The Second Great Awakening in the 1800s, the prayer meetings in uh, Philly in the 1850s. Again, all this stuff, just you get revival afterwards. Azusa Street. We've all heard of Azusa Street, right? Do you guys know the story of William Seymour? Is anybody like, you've got maybe one or two people? Okay. Unfortunately, there's not a lot written on it. It's mostly oral tradition. But there is a book out there called They Told Me Their Stories. And somebody went and interviewed all the people that were there to get them and catalog them and publish a book. But fabulous stuff. So this guy was a student, and I forget where, like Oklahoma or Kansas or somewhere in the middle. And um, God starts giving him this prayer thing. You know, his teacher, his instructor actually goes to England, and they're stuck without it, but they're, they're in the, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. And so they're reading about tongues, and they're like, well, maybe we should just try this. They get it. Back then, he goes out to California after you know, praying two hours and then four hours a day and just spending time with the Lord. And then, as you know, crazy stuff starts to happen. The fire department was called on them because there was so much glory above it, like smoke and stuff. They thought there was a fire. It was a fire of God. Um, Really cool stuff. So pick one of these and just go research it and see what God does when you include him in stuff and you spend time, dedicated time, just enjoying him. It's not work. You know, there's so many different kinds of prayer. Another reason I get excited is because it's not one thing. It's not boring. You know, there's intercession. We're interceding or we're standing in the gap for somebody else. All right? How cool is that? Jesus does this. He is interceding to the Father on our behalf. The Holy Spirit is doing this. So if you're praying and you're praying along with him, guess what? Your prayer team is now you, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. Again, top that, right? You, can't, you just can't do it. it that's awesome. You can pray apostolic prayers. Anybody know you got kind of an apostolic call in your life? You know, Andrew and Joss, who else? You got Cody and a few others in the room. All right, yep. Um, these are great. The houses of prayer love them because really it's about calling heaven down. And if there's anything on earth that doesn't look like it looks like in heaven, we're going to fix it. And it's a one-step program. You know, people like me, kind of the prophetic and the, the pastors, you know, we're like 12 steps and we'll guide you through. And the apostles are like, no, one step. Shaba. You know, we'll get you. I love when Danny Silk did that. He's like, are you fixed yet? Nope, stay down there. All right, come up when you're healed. Okay, crazy. Uh, Ephesians 1, 17 and 19. I just want to read one of them. Close your eyes right now and just enjoy this spoken over you. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him, through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, 
that is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power. Mm, Come on back. Is that just rich or what? That is absolutely calling heaven down, that heaven is here. And we know heaven's actually in us, but, uh, and, and we're seated in heavenly places. It's just, it's so cool. But just start to read some of the apostolic prayers throughout scripture from Paul and oh, just enjoy those. So, so good. You can pray in tongues. So some people are excited. Some people are probably like, Ugh, I don't know much about that. It's kind of funny. I've been places where that's not allowed. And, and I know people who've kind of come out of certain backgrounds where they weren't even allowed to consort with somebody who did. And there's this big stigma with gifts of Holy Spirit. The funny thing to me is, you're like, I don't want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's actually listed last. Do you know what's listed first? Wisdom. You don't want that? How about healing or faith or some of these other things? Yeah, those are kind of listed all before we get down to tongues and interpretation. Why? All the other ones are for the benefit of the church, for the benefit of people. Tongues edifies yourself in how good God is. It is you and him. And really, when you're thinking about it, you know, if you're doing tongues publicly, it should, uh, should be accompanied by the interpretation. Why? So that the people that are there can get in on that understanding of why God's so good. Um, just in a real, real quick aside, just, I love what Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. I'm just going to pick a few pieces here. But he said, That's what I, so here's what I've concluded. I will pray in the spirit, but I will also pray with my mind engaged. I will sing rapturous praises in the spirit, but I will also sing with my mind engaged. Otherwise, if you're praising God in your spirit, how could someone you know, without the gift practice by adding his amen to what you're giving of thanks? Since he doesn't have a clue to what you're saying. Your praise to God is admirable, but it does nothing to strengthen and build up others. I give thanks to God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's an interesting statement. But in the church setting, I would rather speak five words that can be understood than 10,000 exotic words in a tongue. I kind of stop there. So understand there are two different kinds of tongues. So if you are a tongue talker, if you've got your language, awesome. Use it all the time. Okay, how? Well, there's devotional tongues. This is where you're, you're just speaking to the Lord and you're just, it's just you and him. There's also the gift of tongues where it comes upon you. And you just, you give an utterance. And again, should be accompanied. Either you're going to interpret or somebody is there who just, you, they immediately have the interpretation. And it is always about the good works of God and how glorious he is. That's what it is. No mystery. It's amazing. It's so cool. But one of those two things. Here's what's really cool. When you start speaking in tongues a lot, a few things will happen. One, you'll be doing it and not know that you're doing it. Literally, I have been driving or walking or doing things, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, I am speaking in tongues. I don't know when that started. I've just been doing it. Okay, cool. Just keep going with it. So God just brought something upon me. And then I can ask him, what are you using me to say right now? Help me interpret what's going on, right? Your language will also change. Yeah, I've had a few times where I've been praying three, four hours, just enjoying it, and it's literally gone from something maybe that sounds like Germanic to something that's either like Russian and then Asian and then something else, I don't know. 
but I'm not trying to have it happen. It just happens. I'm like, this is really cool. So when we read in Acts 2 of the, you know, how these different regions, they knew that they were speaking in their home languages, that's how. It explains it. It's, it's the coolest thing. If you do not have your language yet and you want that, at the end, we've got a few people that will help pray with you to receive that. So where's Mindy? Mindy and I, yeah, we'll help you if you want that. It's is pretty awesome. But guys, you can pray alone in groups, walking, sitting, standing, swimming, skydiving, um, whatever you want. Scuba diving, you know? If you want to get on one of those squirrel suits and jump off the, you, I'm sure you'd be praying anyway. Like, ah! I, I would be in like full repentance at that point. Jesus, I'm coming home! Um, I'm not doing that. Brother Lawrence, does anybody know who Brother Lawrence is? Yeah, he wrote a book called Practicing. Actually, he didn't, excuse me. This is a, a Carmelite monk Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, he was actually like a cut and a, um, what else was he? He was a soldier, a footman, and then he became a monk. Um, but he would write letters and explain things to people. And then one of the other brothers there collected it all and then put out a book. And they called it Practicing the Presence. People would come see this guy do dishes because he would enjoy it because of God. So here's a quote from him. I like this. We can do little things for God. I can turn the cake that is in the frying pan for the love of him. And when that's done, if there's nothing else to call me, I prostrate myself in worship before him who has given me grace to work. Mm, anybody here need to uh, kind of change their mind, repent real quick on like hating their work? Okay. So I prostrate myself in worship before him who has given me grace to work. Afterward, I will rise happier than a king. It is enough for me to pick up but a straw from the ground for the love of God. Mm, that's amazing. When you're continually enjoying God and, and practicing that presence and communicating with him, you'll see the seasons change. You'll see things happen. You'll, you'll be a part of what's going on. And it's, it's kind of like that old friend that when you get back together and you just start talking with them again, it's like nothing had happened. There's, there's no distance, no space. Y'all have friends like that? Yeah, okay. So have you considered this, that your spiritual walk should not be some crazy, unattainable thing, that you're constantly striving in this prayer life. Have you considered this before? I'd be willing to bet many of us have not. I would be willing to bet that a lot of you are kind of like I was at one point where it's like, I need something to get me going. I, I need some sort of motivation rather than all that that I just said, but I, I need something. And it's kind of funny in the beginning. Um, I, I loved a good challenge, guys, like a better yet a dare, you know, in fact, I had one guy at one point, he's like, you need to get a pot of coffee. And I'm like, dude, I drink coffee all day. I'm totally set. He's like, no, 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 you need to stay up all night with a pot of coffee. I'm like, game on, I can do that. I'm not sure what it got me other than tired, you know, in, in essence, but it was kind of neat because I had done everything from like watching the Passion of the Christ to like praying over my bills. And I didn't know what to do. I was so naive. It was so funny, you know, as if I could, quote unquote, get anything from God for doing that. Um, but it was interesting, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm going to try this prayer thing because it was a planned event, not had become part of my life, okay? So I've also heard people say this, well, I'm going to pray for two hours a day or even 15 minutes a day, whatever it is. I'm going to do that. This is my dedicated time to God and that's it. And we've all heard the story about like, could you imagine doing that to your spouse? You know, could you imagine him going like, Gonna give you 15 minutes a day, honey. This is my time for you. 
Better yet, I've actually heard people say, like, you know what? I'm going to make this as raw as possible. No music. I'm just going to gut it out for the Lord for two hours. Yeah, I'm going to pray to God and prove that. Again, spouses, would you love it if your spouse said that? We're the bride of Christ, right? I'm I'm sure Jesus is not like, wow, they're going to gut it out for me. It says delight yourself in the Lord, not gut it out for yourself in the Lord. Come on, people. Don't gut it out. Enjoy him. It's fun. Yeah, just delight yourself in him. And how do you do that? If you go back to that scripture in the beginning, 1 Thessalonians, I can't even say it now, Thessalonians 5.18, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Be thankful. That's his plan. You want to know what his plan is? Be thankful from uh, some of the authors and and researchers at UC Davis, uh, part of one of their little write-ups here. But it says, over the past two decades, studies have consistently found that people who practice gratitude report fewer symptoms of illness. Hello. Including depression, experience more optimism and happiness, stronger relationships, more generous behavior, and many other benefits. Are you sold yet, right? So be thankful. So in your conversations with God, I would ask, you and the scripture says, don't be double-minded. You pray what's on your heart. You pray what's on your mind. You know, and you're going to do that. And the more you do it, then, you know, at one point you'll start to pray what's on his mind. It's a neat shift that takes place. But again, don't be double-minded. If this is really on your heart, you don't want to be saying, well, I'm going to pray this because this is what God wants me to pray. He wants you to pray what's on your heart. Do you think David, when you read the Psalms, anybody read the Psalms? I mean, literally from one psalm, it's like, why have you left me? And you'll never leave me, right? Back and forth, because these are the real experiences of the human emotion. That's real. That's authentic. That's what God wants. Be authentic with him. He's authentic with you. Do it. Yeah, and it builds. It gets, it's so easy. It's, you know, we, we talk about building a history with God. It's really his story, but we get to be a part of it. And it's those trials, those things that we have to go through. Some of them are amazing. It's like, hey, how do I include God in this great thing that's just happened? And some of them are like, I can't believe that just happened. You know, just a few weeks ago was the one-year anniversary of when I was in a hospital for five days with uh, something not too fun called Guillain-Barre. Yeah, like kind of where flu goes sideways and your immune system attacks your nervous system. Yeah, I wasn't able to actually like feel my feet, legs, hands, arms, my tongue. It was really goofy. But because I had a history with God, I was the happiest person in that hospital. Yeah, and God healed. Even though one of the therapists came and said, okay, I think it was the occupational therapist, but you know, we're gonna you know, help retrain you how to do stuff because this will be for your life. And actually, I was kind of funny, Ro was there, uh, my wife, and, and I just stuck my hand in her face. I actually did that. It probably wasn't very nice, but I'm like, hold on, hold on. I have a God and I know he heals and he's healed me and he's used me to heal people. I know you have a job to do, but no. And she was so flustered. It was kind of funny. The next one, the PT that came in, the physical therapist, we had such a fun time because you had to do all the drunk tests, you know, like, you know, and then like walk and not fall over and look this way and walk and not fall over. I could do all of that. And here's what I love. I love when you get an encouraging person who knows the glory and the goodness of God. As she's leaving, she takes the walker that they had put in the side over there by the door. She says, I'm taking this. You're not going to need it. Okay, that's what we need. That's a good report. That's thinking on something that is excellent or praiseworthy, not based in fear. Okay, 
So, and for those of you who, who stood with our family in that, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. It was not fun, but it was so much fun. It was really kind of cool. All right, I'm going to go old school Catholic. You guys ready? I love to mix it up here. St. Basil the Great. How'd you like to have the great after your name? St. Basil the Great. This is how you pray continually. Not by offering prayer and words, but by joining yourself to God through your whole way of life so that your life becomes one continuous and uninterrupted prayer. Andrew tells us the story all the time of the, um, I think it was a YWAM lunch. Somebody came up and said, oh, I'm sorry, did I interrupt your prayer? It's like, what makes you think you could do that? When you're living that life of prayer, it doesn't interrupt it. You just include God in it. Okay, hey, this is going on. God, we're changing the topic. Now we're talking about this. That dude lived in uh, Caesarea of Cappadocia. Hopefully I pronounced that right. 330 to 379. And there's a big battle back then between the Nicene Orthodoxy and the uh, Iranianism. Anyway, Byzantine East, I guess it was pretty bad, but he helped the, uh, the one went out, which is a good thing. And that's why he's great. So there you go. David, the only man God credited in scripture of having a heart after his own, put it this way, and I love this. Psalm 27, 4. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Man, you just you can't help but get changed when you read that, right? When you think about that. The one thing that I ask of the Lord, we ask a lot of things of the Lord, but can you imagine boiling it down to one? The thing that I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Mm. Here's the deal, guys. You have a choice. God's told you what to choose. Choose life. Choose love. Choose joy. We know what the fruit of the Spirit is. Fear, depression, you know, those are not in it, okay? Joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all that, that's in there. And what's amazing to me is if you look at the fruit that's in the fruit of the Spirit, the first one is love, and the last one is self-control. They're almost like bookends that help hold in everything, okay? So think about that. I walk in the fruit of the Spirit. It's not different fruits, it's one fruit. It's of Him, so don't panic, don't fear, don't get into mass hysteria, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, those things are just as contagious as the virus, but so is calm, calm, peace, joy, right? They're also contagious. I love getting around a happy person. Anybody else? Yeah, kind of fun, right? So we're going to do a couple things here um, to close. I'm going to have Andrew come up here, and I'm going to have all of you stand up. You don't have to yet, but I'm going to have you all stand up. We're going to pray Psalm 91 over you, okay? And we are going to have prophecy teams that are going to be back on the side against the walls in groups of two. If you want a prophetic word as you leave, you may stop, you may get them. Please line up along the wall, and then they'll, they'll come get, you can walk up as, as you need to. If you just like, hey, I need to go, um, or I just want a quick blessing as the way out, you know, great. Feel free to go into the center doors and, and exit if you need to. Otherwise, that will be on the side. If you need prayer for anything else, just let the minister know, hey, don't need a word. I need healing. Or, um, and again, I kind of mentioned earlier with Mindy, if you want your prayer language, there'll be some of us back there. We'll help you. We'll pray with you for that. Does that sound good? All right, guys, raise to your feet, please. We're going to read through Psalm 91 here. Uh, Andrew, I do have 
well, I'm going to read some, pray, and I'm going to let you read some and pray. Okay. Cool. All right. So, guys, if you just want to hold out your hands right now and just picture receiving God. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Lord, we thank you that you are our refuge. We are a place that we can go to, that we can trust, because you are faithful and true. And I thank you, Lord, that as we live underneath your shadow, that we are protected. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. There is nothing known on this planet that will keep you from comfort and covering in Jesus. And I'm declaring over you that you will experience it through the work of the Holy Spirit, that your life will be transformed because of this, because of this word right here. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you, uh, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. And so, Father, I thank you right now that this crazy thing that's going on around the world, it won't come near us. We know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, that wherever we go is a perfect health zone. Yeah. We will only look upon, and it will not happen to us. We thank you that our homes are protected. Our families are protected. That as we go and we do lay hands on, or we even speak to people that the glory is released, that your healing is released, that there is confidence in you and hope is released from what we speak in Jesus' name. Yeah, that's good. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, I, I pray that, again, the revelation of your word would take root in our hearts and in our minds, that we would learn to meditate on what is good and what is right and what is holy, that we would recognize that you deliver, you satisfy, you get us out of trouble, you bring salvation, and everything that you do is good. In Jesus' name. All right, guys, we are officially dismissed. Again, can we have the ministry team in the back? If you want a word, and then if you're not even sure what a prophetic word is, it is really God just sharing good news with you. Edification to build you up. Exhortation to tell you how to go. And then comfort. That's what it is. So guys, if we could just have some light background music. But uh, you are free to go. And uh, we are excited to see what God's going to do with you this week. Um, I think Andrew had mentioned earlier, but uh, if you do have any requests of things that you need... Uh, you can just jump to the contact page on our website and send that in. So if you need prayer for anything, if you run out of TP, let us know. Let us know, okay? We will not roll your yard, but we will come help you. Um, 
Anyway, so with that, guys, God bless you. We love you. And if you guys do want to open the doors and then feel free to, uh, to get a word on the way out. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.